When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. From the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, now featuring Happy Mondays with two-for-one Happy CBD Cocktails, this is Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. For 75 years, NCMIC has been doing the right thing for its customers, employees, and the community. Now, here's Miller and Condon. Condon or on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO. Trends play of the day coming up. Circus Sports sponsors that. That'll oh, take place about 10 minutes before noon. And bottom of the hour, Scott Dockerman from the Athletic Iowa State of the program in the spotlight today at the Athletic Doc will join us. Right now, we talk baseball at this time every Monday with our friend Matt Snyder from CBSSports.com. Hello, Matt Snyder. What a weekend. How are you? Hey, I'm very good. How are you guys? Doing well. I guess we have to start with the Cincinnati Reds who, you know, seemingly, um, not saying they figured it out, but their arrow was starting to point. It wasn't as bad as it has been until yesterday when they... Yeah, they were red hot. They Oh, nice. Um, <laughs> they, they were. They throw a no-hitter and lose. And it's incredibly yeah. difficult to do, but the Reds found a way to do it. It was interesting. They'd won two series in a row. They'd won five of their last six. And then Saturday they went out, and they almost got no hit. They had they didn't get a hit until the sixth or the seventh inning on Saturday. And then they pulled that off Sunday. Nice little reminder that, hey, you know, this still isn't a good team. Teams are going to win series over the course of 162. That's going to happen. But ultimately, it's, it's just a bad team. And, and I think... Uh, on top of it just being a bad team is they've been really banged up as well. So it's it's not even full go. Um, maybe the biggest takeaway, though, is a positive in that Hunter Green looked really, really mm-hmm. good. And he'd had a few starts where he looked bad. And I don't know how long they're going to leave him up. He only threw around 100, maybe 105 innings last year in the minors. So you don't want to extend him much beyond that. He's at uh, 33 and a third right now. Um, home runs are an issue, walks are an issue, but the stuff is there, and that was on display yesterday. So I think even though you lose when you no-hit somebody, that's kind of a, a dubious distinction there. Not the biggest deal in the world when they're going to lose over 100 games anyway. So maybe the biggest takeaway was positive in that it was nice to see Green throw so well deep into the game. It's happened six times, at least in recent history, considered since 1901. I guess not that recent, but it doesn't happen very often. And not only that, but not an official no-hitter because it was only eight innings yeah, of no-hit yeah. ball as opposed to mm-hmm. nine innings of no-hit ball. So is this going to fall off? And We're going to be talking, you know, Ken will be long retired, but in another 10 years I'm, I'm talking. Hey, there was a game that somebody won, but it won't be in the record books because it's not officially a no-hitter. How, how does that work in, when you have your stat guys over at, at CBSSports.com try to find it out? How would they find even a stat like this? 
Oh man, uh, I think yeah, we could we could do. I, I wasn't working yesterday, so I wasn't me, but I'm pretty sure you could find it via Stathead on BaseballReference.com, okay. which it used to be Play Index, but they changed the name to Stathead. There's a Game Finder, so you could type in like Game Finder zero hits, eight innings. You could you could you, you could get there. Um, I don't want to act like I'm the most adept in the world at it, but I've done it enough times. I don't think it would take me that long. I think I could get there in five to ten minutes. Uh, the best team in baseball, the New York Yankees, at least as we sit here on the 16th of May, are they head and shoulders above anybody in baseball right now? Are they playing that well? Uh, I would say they're the best team, and there's not really a question. However, Dodgers had a bad week. They're, they're going to be right there. The Astros right now have won 12 of the last 13. And other than the one loss in there where they gave 13 runs, and those 12 wins, they've only given up 12 runs total. Wow. Uh, so with that pitching going like it is, we know how good the offense could be. The Astros are right there. The Mets, you've got the Miguel injury now. The Grom's hurt. Maybe he's kind of on the way back. Probably not that far off. So... Even if it's easy and obvious uh, that it's the Yankees, I don't know if it's a huge gap, if that makes sense. Like, you, you, you know you write down, when you go to rank them, you know you write down one. That's probably easy. But I don't know if the gap is that huge. Like, you could foresee a scenario where the Astros would be number one next week. All right, so here's a, uh, the, a Trent's going to open up the Condon Casino. Yes. And, and maybe this prop is available somewhere. It's New York or California? To win the World Series. Or, no, New York or Los Angeles. Yeah. You get the Mets and the Yankees, the Angels and the Dodgers. Who do you want? Do you want L.A. or do you want New York, Matt Snyder? Well, first of, first of all, you better be careful when you say L.A. because there's those people who want to right. jump down your right. and say the Angels aren't yeah. actually in L.A. It's not even close. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I was just there in April. It's not that far away. It's like a 20-minute drive. Whatever. Uh, I, I think it's got to be New York. Um, oh gosh, it's tough though because you might say the Dodgers are number one, mm-hmm. and at least if you're in New York, you get two teams. Um, but the, the Mets, if they do get Degrom healthy by the playoffs, and you have a Degrom Scherzer one-two punch <laughs> in the playoffs, that's just absolutely killer. And they do have a good offense. Edwin Diaz looks really good at closer. I assume they're going to do everything they can to shore up the the setup relief in front of the trade deadline. I mean, it, they'll probably go nuts. If there's like four or five good setup minutes out there, the Mets are probably going to trade for like three of them. So I assume they're going to have a stellar bullpen after the trade deadline, and the Yankees already do. The Yankees already have that bullpen. They already have the offense. Now that the rotation's going good, they don't really seem to have much of a weakness. And like Joey Gallo's barely hit to this point. Josh Donaldson got hot for a quick second on Friday and Saturday. Um, they're both really, really good and look really well set up for the playoffs. I think the Dodgers are probably the best bet, but, man, the Yankees and Mets are right there. So I think we'll go New York, but it's close. The kind of casino is open with this one. I will give you the L.A. teams and the New York teams or the field. field, What kind of odds odds would I have to give you on the field for you in order to take the field as opposed to those four teams? Well, the, the field's always a good bet. It is. But, uh, Not in this usually case. like, oh, the Dodgers or the field. And I'm usually explaining, well, the Dodgers are the number one pick, but it's always better to take the field because you still have an 80% chance. <laughs> right. We're going four teams here versus the field and yeah. four really good teams yeah. at that. 
you're you're betting on a Braves like run in 2021 mm-hmm. and Nationals run in 2019. Houston maybe yeah yeah and the Astros this year um I think I'd go New York I would LA, too actually I would too between the Mets Yankees and Dodgers and then maybe that hey if everything breaks right run maybe that team is the Angels this year because they are really good in their own right so mm-hmm. uh in order to take the field. Not that much, though, because it's close. And like you said, the Astros are a good bet. You could see somebody like, I'm going to make Trent happy now. You could see somebody <laughs> like the Twins getting hot at the right time. Well, you could see the Rays making a run. You could see the Blue Jays waking up. Uh, the Brewers, if they get their rotation right, you could see you could see the Cardinals happening. So uh, it wouldn't take much on the field, maybe 3-1 to one or 4-1. to one. Because, but if it was even, I would take the the LA and yeah. New York. But it, it, three to one, four to one on the field. Oh, give me the field. We might have to talk to our friends at Circus yeah, if they can put that prop not, up. That's not a bad kind of a bet. fun one. That's not a bad bet. All right, here's one for you, uh, Matt Snyder. Of these three. I don't call them floundering, but I call them disappointing at this point because they were all supposed to be better. You mentioned the Blue Jays. They're in a deep slump right now. They're defending champions, although they didn't get off to the best start last year. You can buy stock in only one of these teams, the Blue Jays, the Braves, or the White Sox, who are floundering, kind of treading water a little bit, and we think that they should have been better and maybe um, when it's all said and done. Buy stock in either the White Sox, the Blue Jays, or the Atlanta Braves. In order to do what? Like Get, a deep uh, playoff to run or make a make deep playoff, playoff run? Blue Jays. Um, the reason I ask is because the road to winning the division might be the easiest for the White Sox. They're only three out. They, I think they probably only have competition in one other team there in the Twins. Maybe the Guardians hang around. But uh, like the AL East is stacked, and the Blue Jays are already seven and a half out there. Um, the NL East, again, tough, tough pull for the Braves being six and a half out. I don't think the Mets are going anywhere and the Phillies are going to be fun if nothing else. So, but, but in a deep playoff run, the Blue Jays could be one of those teams that gets right at the right time as high powered as their offense could be as much potential as there is in the rotation. And it's funny, Ken, we were just talking about two weeks ago, I was talking to you off the ledge and my main point was, <laughs> yeah. what were they like 15 and eight? And they haven't even played that well. Well, they're still not playing well, and now they're losing all those games. So you still you look at the talent on the roster, and you assume at some point that Bo Bichette's going to hit a lot better, that Matt Chapman's going to hit better. Vlad even. I mean, since that that three-homer game in Yankee Stadium hasn't been great, uh, there's more talent in there. And you go to the pitching staff, other than Gossman and Manoa, I mean, Barrios, you surely at some point is going to pitch a lot better. They just got Ryu back from injury. Didn't look terrible against the Rays. So maybe they're going to go on one of those runs. And we've seen plenty of times, not this team in particular, but we've seen plenty of Blue Jays win 19 out of 23 here in uh, June. So maybe that's coming up soon. But I do think that they're a team that can make a deep playoff run, even if they only win. 83, 84 games in the regular season and sneak in as like the five or six seed. That could be good enough. They're that they're that talented. All right, let's go the other way. You're buying somebody that their stock's a little bit low. Let's sell somebody that's got some high stock right now. Let's take a look at the teams that are all playing 600 baseball or better. Out west, the Dodgers and the Padres. Brewers in the central. Of course, the Mets in the east and then the American League. Both the Angels in Houston, Tampa, and the Yankees. you got to sell stock in mm. one of those teams. 
Who are you selling on? Well, I assume it's the same question. I'm going to go with the Brewers. Uh, it's a very easy division there. Mm-hmm. They could beat up on the Cubs, Pirates, and Reds and make the playoffs. I'm, I'm going to go with the Cardinals to win the NL Central right now. And the Brewers, I just we've discussed before, they're – now they're third in the National League in runs. I think last time they were first in runs. So it's already starting to happen. Yep. But they just lost the series of the Reds. They have played to this point the easiest schedule in all of baseball. They're only 4-4 four and four against teams 500 or better. That's it. They've only played eight times against good teams, and they're only 4-4. Four and four. Uh, They've got to get Brandon Woodruff figured out. Uh, Adrian Hauser's gotten knocked around a few times recently. Freddie Peralta doesn't look as good. I don't think Eric Lauer's as good as he was pitching earlier in the season. There's only so much Burns can do there, and they, the, the rotation should be what carries them. I wonder if innings limits are going to get to those guys in August and September. I, I just And it's interesting. I picked them to win the Central at the start of the year, but to this point, they're just not that impressive to me compared to their record. So I do think they'll make the playoffs, like I said, because they'll have enough easy games. Maybe, and with six seeds now, 83, 84, 85 wins could get them in. But I don't think that they're going to make any noise at all in the playoffs. Uh, maybe it'll be similar to last year where they're just kind of quietly shuffled out in the first round. Maybe by a team with a with a with an inferior record, like, like the Braves had to them last year. Our friend David Kaplan's really pumped up about this Cards team, this or Cardinal, Cubs team rather, this last week. Look, they beat the Padres. They be, they finally won a series. It was their first series win since opening weekend. They went to Arizona, took two or three. Justin Steele, by the way, yesterday, 10 strikeouts. My God, where'd that come from? Uh, they certainly hope they see more of it. Where are you in this Cubs team? They get to set oh, to host the bad. Pirates. Yeah, they're still bad. Yeah, and it's interesting. If, if I still had any semblance of optimism left, looking at a week with the Pirates and Diamondbacks at home, I might be like, ooh, hey, you know, <laughs> Win, win six of those seven, get close to 500, you never know. And no, I just, I'm not seeing it with the, the, the lack of talent on this group um, at this point, especially with Wilson Contreras, I'm saying, unfortunately, I feel like they're, they're playing toward a, a, a sell-off or whatever they can, and that means Contreras is, is going to go much like uh, Baez, Brian Rizzo did in front of last July trade, trade deadline. I, if it's frustrating because I feel like he's a guy you could at least build around, and they already promised the fan base that this was not going to be a radical rebuild. Well, if that's the case and you have one of the best catchers in the league, why don't you just extend him and build around him? Uh, but anyway, no, I think he's going to be gone. I think they're going to hope that Wade Miley will pitch himself into a position that he'll be tradable, maybe even Kyle Hendricks. Uh, Drew Smiley's certainly a trade candidate, but I think that's what it's all about at this point is is getting into a position where you can sell off some of the veterans who are not locked up for that long, and really almost nobody is. The reigning NL MVP, Bryce Harper, a small tear in his UCL. Now they're saying that he's going to try to play through it, at least DH for a while before he can try to throw in, what, four weeks, something like that. Boy, this just feels like a bad idea, at least on the surface. Um, Maybe it's... The only thing is, you you can hit through it, and uh, I mean, I actually played against some guys in college who uh, they they were hurt at the start of the season. You have to have Tommy John surgery if you want to throw, and they ended up just DHing, and and they hit fine. They said you can't really feel it much when you hit. Uh, and, and Bryce is such a superior athlete. I I think that he could be fine. I my hunch is that PRP injection that he got yesterday. It's because he's trying to get back on defense. 
because it will help them. They can't go now offensively it's great but they can't go all season with Cassianos and Schwarber uh, defensively at the corners right. in the outfield they they signed both when the in the hopes that one of those guys would always be the DH uh but like hitting so far in LA before Sunday which he sat he was 8 for 12 and he only had one single <laughs> so i <laughs> he seemed to be okay with it yeah. for at least in the short term i don't know over the course of a full season, like I said, I've seen guys do it in college before. I can't think of any in the majors. Uh, I, I, I don't know the answer, though, on long-term. I assume if it was going to hurt him long-term, they would shut him down right away. Um, it'll be interesting to watch. I hope he can keep going because he'd be in the MVP mix right now. And, and mm-hmm. here's a fun little twist is I think it would be him and Manny Machado right now. <laughs> and we know that they're forever kind of tied at the hip. They came up the same year. Uh, they both signed their big, huge deals the same off season, and uh, they would be one and two in the MVP race right now. And oh, guess what series starts tomorrow? <laughs> nice. The Padres at the Phillies. Nice. So hopefully he's back and he can play in that series because I think that's a fun little angle for that one. Uh, last thing for me, Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com. Let's fire a manager, shall we? Can't be David Bell. We're going to make him go the entire year. We're not going to do him a favor and take him out of his misery in Cincinnati. Whose seat's starting to heat up a little bit? Montoya in Toronto, maybe? Cora in Boston? Because they're underachieving. Woodward, the Rangers spent all that money, and they've had a terrible start to their season. Any managerial seats starting to get warm? Yeah, other than Bell, I don't really think there are any. Um, maybe, yeah, the the two that I, I thought about for a second when you brought that up, I, I still don't think anybody is, except Bell, maybe. But Montoyo, if, if they keep scuffling, I could see them trying to kind of force some kind of change there and as you know, a lot of times that's just eyewash, but I could see that. The other one is if the White Sox gotten another mm. extended slump, I mean, LaRusso's really old anyway, yep. and I don't know how much Rick Hahn wanted that. I feel like that was all Reinsdorf. I could see Hahn going to Reinsdorf and be like, dude, we need a change. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I gave you your guy. Now let me have a say on this. You could see that. If I had to bet on either one of them, I think I would pick neither. But if you mean me pick one, uh, I'll go Larusa. I just they're still kind of banged up a little bit. If they get in another bad string, I could see him kind of. I could see some something kind of forcing a change there. Matt Snyder covers Major League Baseball at CBSSports.com. His latest power rankings are up. They get posted each and every Monday. Matt Snyder, thank you for joining us. Matt, we'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. All right, take care, guys. Good to talk to you. Matt Snyder, CBSSports.com, as we talk a little MLB with Matt Snyder. Good stuff out of Matt Snyder. You got a manager you're keeping an eye on? That one's intriguing. I know I posed the question a lot to Cappy about that. Yeah, and he didn't think there's any way in hell LaRusso would get fired. I'm with you. If they continue to tread water, Mm -hmm. this team's too good. If all of a sudden they look up and it's, you know, two weeks from today, we get to Memorial Day weekend and... They're six and a half, seven and a half back. Yeah, and there's two teams to get past because Cleveland's there. Right. Speaking of that, brought this up with uh, Matt last week. Cleveland is still projected at CBS Sportsline to win the division. Hmm. Saw that team over the weekend against the Twins. I don't see it. Mm -hmm. I just can't see it. But that's what the numbers are telling us Uh, How's the attendance been at Target Field? 
Uh, scattered. Right. I mean, it's, it's, it's May, right? Yeah. Get to Memorial Day, get school out. Still a wonderful ballpark. Mm-hmm. We'll take our time out at 1125. Speaking of baseball, it's time to hit another $1,000 home run. Enter this nationwide keyword at KXNO.com. The keyword for the 11 o'clock hour is cash. Cash at KXNO.com. Cash at KXNO.com. Scott Dockerman covers Iowa. Uh, for The Athletic, the state of the program was posted this morning. State of the program, the focus today is indeed Iowa. We will talk about that with Doc next when we come back. Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station 106.3. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Let's ride. We're all looking for a great deal. I'm going to let you know about an incredible deal. How about $5 burgers on Thursday nights all through the month of May at Grumpy Goat Tavern? There's three locations, Mill Civic Parkway in West Des Moines, 50th Street in West Des Moines, and 1st Street in Ankeny. And not just $5 burgers on Thursday nights, but 50 beers on tap. And if burgers aren't your thing, you're crazy, but a full fresh menu. It's local. It's for you. It's your tavern, the Grumpy Goat Tavern. Now back to Miller and Condon on 1460 KXNL and 106.3 FM. Here's Ken and Trent. Hi, welcome back. Miller and Condon just past 1130. Again, the keyword in the 11 o'clock hour at KXNO.com. It's cash, cash. Go to KXNO.com. Enter it in the uh, pop-up box. And perhaps you'll be the lucky winner of the uh, nationwide contest in the 11 o'clock hour. Scott Dockerman, he's in Chicago. Big Ten meetings are taking place, and that's where we find our friend Scott Dockerman from The Athletic and read today's uh, State of the Union, say the program, rather. Uh, it, Iowa is in the focus today at The Athletic. We'll get to that in a second, Doc. As always, thank you for coming on. Uh, you're in Chicago. Uh, what news potentially could come out of these meetings that you are in Chicago to cover, Doc. Oh, thanks for having me on. Um, right now, there's a lot of heavy discussions about everything from NIL and to uh, you know potentially even the the divisional alignment uh, related to the Big Ten and then a couple other topics like that. So uh, I'd imagine I don't know if we'll get news today, but I think that they're pretty well close to whatever the media rights arrangement's going to be probably doesn't get approved until the president's meet in early June. But I think there's uh, there's definitely for a lot for them to chew on, uh, the athletic directors, and they start meeting in about an hour or so. Doc, you're as good as anybody, I think, in the country as it pertains to scheduling. He and sure is. Good you, you do a really good yeah. job of that. Of course, the Big Ten playing nine conference games, the SEC, ACC, they're at eight. Are we ever going to come into an agreement? Are we going to see... Probably more than likely, it would have to be what the Big Ten shifting and going to eight games, where we get a consensus among the major conferences. Is that the most right, realistic solution? Is eight on the table for the Big Ten going back to that number of conference games? It was, but it's no longer on the table. Good. Eight. Um, yeah, back in about three to four months ago, it was heavily discussed because of the arrangement potentially with the alliance, but. That got shelved really quickly when they started to see that uh, the Big Ten and and the uh, the number of viewership high viewership games 
just dwarfed everybody else. And when they're coming up with a new media rights arrangement, uh, they want to make sure that they put themselves in the most uh, lucrative position possible. When you start to consider that of the 72 games that hit 3.5 million viewers last year, 32 involved the Big Ten. Mm. Um, and 18 were Big Ten only games. I mean, when you look at the Pac-12 had three and the ACC had zero only games in their league, uh, that really meant that the Big Ten had a product that was more valuable. So, no, they're not going to drop to eight. Um, the SEC will probably go to nine, potentially even ten, but more likely nine uh, when Oklahoma and Texas join. So uh, that would probably leave the ACC as the only outlier Um but at this point, yeah, the Big Ten's going to stick at nine. And the ACC's television contract goes into the next decade. Uh, so per- perhaps that has something to do with that. Well, Doc, I want to pick your brain on the divisions going away. What's the likelihood that happens? Uh, and and if, if so, do you, do you expect that... You know, the SEC would, would follow suit. The Big 12, not sure what they're going to do when they get all their uh, new schools joining here next year. Uh, what's the likelihood that the Big 10 does away with East versus West when it comes to that first championship Saturday in December? I think it's um, probably a more unlikely than likely, but I think it has enjoyed some robust discussion. I know that. And, and part of that is it's really anything the Big 10 wants to do is hinging upon what is the college football playoff going to do? And, and here's why. And just a simplistic example, if it goes to 12, to be the number two team in the East Division, for instance, a Penn State, a Michigan, or Ohio State, or Michigan State, and you're 10-2, 11-1 with one loss, that's not going to hurt you at all as far as getting in the playoff. However, if it's only a four-team playoff, then you, your, your likelihood of, of getting into the four-team playoff is very difficult, like it is currently. So I think that's uh, – and so if you're a Penn State again, who has kind of tripped the loudest about this, then you're going to want that winner-take-all game to get the opportunity to go to the postseason. So I think in some respects they're going to wait. If, if, it's, uh, if it's a 12-team, which I think we all expect it will be, then I, don't, I think status quo might end up winning. Mm. But uh, if not, then, yeah, I think it could go to a divisionless structure. Speaking of structure, the structure of the TV deal or the rights deal, if you will, because it might not be television, the likelihood that it is an Amazon, somebody else jumping in, Apple TV, whatever it is, where there will be a streaming component to this package. And secondly, ESPN, are they really going to be the outside looking in of Big Ten sports? It's a great question, Trent. Uh, from what I've been told, I don't think they're going to go streaming only option yet. That's probably the next deal. Um, down the road whenever that gets uh, accomplished. I think they're still kind of plugged into the uh, traditional layers. Uh, From what I've been told, it's been more of a two main networks or channels and followed by two cable-type outlets, which they'll be streaming components, as there always are. Mm -hmm. So I don't know that they'll get away from that yet. Uh, But, you know, when you look going forward, uh, you know, I, I just don't, I think you're going to see, you know, the Big Ten being plastered all over the place. ESPN is going to be challenging because ESPN takes the the main SEC rights. And uh, the the influence that ESPN has over college football is a little bit different than what it was, say, even a couple of years ago. So I would expect uh, the Big Ten to, uh, if it doesn't go with ESPN, it'll, it'll still be widely visible on a lot of different networks. 
Scott Docterman from The Athletic is uh, our guest. Uh, Trent, anything more on the meetings? You want to get to the uh, your your piece? And it's a, it's a long read, Doc. As I said at the beginning of the show, Trent and I are both Phil Steele disciples. We look forward to the magazine every year, but nothing, I don't think, um, comes close to, to getting in-depth about the, the teams. Uh, and I'm very grateful that you guys do this in um, you know just to to refresh everybody's memory what we're going to see your piece on the state of the programs the series on the state of the programs the athletic is is must read today it's iowa obviously a lot of work went into it you get very focused on it very detailed breakdowns on positions when you wrote the piece and went back and read the piece was there anything that um you know that made you realize that boy this is uh this is problematic for iowa um and, and anything jump in your mind along those lines, Doc? Really, to me, it's a lot like what we've talked about this spring, and that is it comes down to a couple of different key areas. One is it, it, it's quarterback. I mean, how Iowa finishes the year is going to be determined by how the quarterback plays. If it's similar to last year, you know how those games straighten out. And, uh, you know, sometimes you win close ones and sometimes you lose them. And if you don't have a, a key playmaker – uh, throwing the football, then that's that's usually what ends up happening. So I think that's still kind of what comes to the forefront for me. I think the offensive line it will coalesce in time. I think it may it'll probably be a slow starter, um, just because you got. I mean, even on the spring game, you had four uh, sophomores in the starting lineup, and then uh, kicker is a is a question mark, of course, mm-hmm. and we won't know that answer until it's really pivotal. So, uh, but. You know, the other flip side of this is the defense is really good. I mean, better than I expected it, you know, just by going through the numbers and going through returning starters and returning snaps. And uh, so this defense is going to be better than I think it was last year. Maybe not doesn't get as many interceptions, but it could be better in a lot of different areas. Because of the elite-level defense that Iowa looks to have on the field again this year, does does that make the decision a little bit easier to go with Petrus, go with the guy that they know, go with the guy that – they think is not going to make the big mistake, and because of that, we're just going to rely on that defense once again and see how the chips fall. Maybe if, if they're in a game where you've got to play it close to the vest, you know, like taking knees at the end of the fourth quarter, <laughs> right. like Penn State. But but truthfully, it could be the other way around. It's like, hey, we, our defense is so good, we can give we can afford to allow yep. some guy to grow with the position, and that could be Alex Padilla or Joey Labus, not necessarily Spencer Petras, and. And you and at this point, you always still have Spencer Petras there. So if you decide, you know what, let's let's open it up and see what Alex Padilla can do in Week One against South Dakota State, Iowa State, um, you know, Rutgers, Nevada, and just play it how it how it ends up. And if he's bad or just has a lot of turnovers, then you can kind of flip back the other way and at least know that your risk averse strategy is probably the best route. But if this guy can grow and get better and then, then that's probably the path that they would take because you know the defense is going to keep you in the majority of your game. Uh, Doc, uh, Aaron Graves, I'm glad you put him in your, in your piece. Realistically, what, what do you think, um, you know, Phil Parker would sign for what in Aaron Graves' freshman campaign? What would he consider a, you know, a good first step uh, in his career? <laughs> I think they're walking in with Aaron Graves thinking, we don't need him, but... He is such an athletic marvel and uh, a freak in, in ability and in size that they're they're willing to do whatever. So if he, can, I don't think that 
starting is something that's on that plane right now. And, you know, he'll be a true freshman and what have you. But I think he's going to get some rotational snaps. So if he can go out there and, and rotate and play well behind a Noah Shannon and Logan Lee, I think they'll take that because that line, that um, – you know they're so deep mm-hmm. that any kind of help is it's going to be tough to get on the field if you're younger. But if you've got that kind of ability, it shows that you are uh, you're capable of making a big push. Paul Bunyan of the Iowa <laughs> realm, he just <laughs> continues to get that buzz. Of course, the other guy with a ton of buzz coming in is Avery Wampa. What's a realistic expectation for Wampa in his freshman campaign? I think for him, it's probably to make the depth chart and to play special teams. They are, again, pretty deep in the secondary. And that's such a highly visible position that I think you could throw somebody out there at defensive tackle and take up some snaps and some, you know, burn a few series a game, and you're not going to feel like that's going to cost you. But if, if you have a safety that maybe doesn't know the, the plan as well, then maybe uh, you're a little more timid on that. But, but mainly in part because they have so much veteran depth at that position. So my guess is for, for Xavier is he's going to play some special teams. He's probably going to make the depth chart. And in 2023, he's going to be a starter and a very, very good one because I'm watching him out there, his body and his ability kind of tip the field. It's just a matter of for his technique and, and for his knowledge of the defense to catch up with it. Doc, uh, last thing, we'll let you go on this. What time, uh, if there is news made today in Chicago, uh, what time do you think you'll get your first opportunity? I mean, are you expecting, is there is there anything set that you'll have a press conference later on? When will we see it on Twitter and then read about it in The Athletic? Any idea, Doc, when your, day, when your afternoon's about to really get going? Yeah, it's more late afternoon today, and I kind of doubt today is the big day. Tomorrow is probably a bigger okay. day where we have more availability with uh, you know the more officials and Kevin Warren in the morning. So I would expect that tomorrow will be the day where you might get some uh, more information. But I don't expect a full uh, unveil of the the media rights package. I think that's going to be again more the first week in June. But uh, I think we're going to get you know a lot of discussion about NIL and some of those topics. Good stuff, Scott Doctorman. Uh, we'll read all about it at The Athletic and uh, in your Twitter feed as, as it happens. Thank you, Doc. Appreciate it. All right. Have a wonderful day. Yeah, Doc. you do the same. Scott Doctorman from The Athletic and a state of the program on the Hawkeyes published at The Athletic. Well, there's no basketball. There's no hockey. There's plenty of baseball. Trent's plays of the day. Coming up next, Circus Sports sponsors that. It's Miller and Condon. Uh, our final segment coming up on a Monday, Des Moines Sports Station, 106. Conditions apply. Most everyone knows that the Grumpy Goat Tavern has great lunches and dinners. But did you know that the Grumpy Goat Tavern also has breakfast? Classics like steak and eggs, the hangover burrito, chorizo biscuits and gravy. You can step it up with the shrimp and grits, breakfast fried rice, or hot chicken and waffles. And don't forget the big-ass cinnamon roll. Plus, bottomless Bloody Marys and mimosas. Do brunch at the Grumpy Goat Tavern, Mill Civic in West Des Moines, 50th Street in West Des Moines, and in Ankeny. A one, two, three. Get in on the action with the world's largest sports book. Right at your fingertips. Circus Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circus Sports Iowa. 
sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-BETS-OFF. Trent's Pick of the Day is brought to you by Circus Sports. Download the Circus Sports app today to play with Trent or against him. All right, welcome back. Final couple of minutes of the final hour of the program. Again, Murph and Andy at uh, 1, Fanatics at 3. Well, Trent, as we mentioned, there's a pretty big slate of baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, no NBA, no NHL tonight. Um, what are you doing? I'm going to play a little bit, and we're going to start with my team late. Against Oakland in front of, you know what? Dozens. A, I was going to say, put an over-under. 3,200? Seems high. <laughs> You're right. Seems high. Seems high. Yep. All right, you're going to take your twins? I am. Chris, Chris Archer, Archer yeah. on the mound, and uh, not a huge price at Circa. Minus 122. I was kind of surprised by that one. Thought it'd be a tick higher, but at that kind of price, I'll jump aboard with my team, which usually does not go well. I'm also going to play your team tonight. Uh, you do not love my boy Kikuchi. No, he's brutal. Well, he's the not brutal. brutal. <laughs> the whole team's brutal. Barrios is terrible. Uh, Ryu is awful. Kikuchi stinks. Kikuchi doesn't stink. He is a nice, soft-tossing guy that you put a number five in your Going against his last year's team, Seattle. Big price, minus 155. I'm laying it. Flexen has not been very good himself. You're betting favorites? Well, we go the other way now. Oh, here we go. All right, let's get into it. Milwaukee hosting the Bravos tonight. So I'm getting Atlanta plus 127. Ian Anderson had really struggled with his control early on. Last start out. I think he honed it. I think he found something. Okay. think he got something there. I'm going to take the price here. Give me the Braves plus 127. So three baseball plays, two favorites and a dog. I need NHL and NBA back in the worst way. <laughs> well, you have to wait to, all the way till tomorrow, Trent, and uh, we'll uh, get that for you. Right. Yeah, you know what? I'm looking forward to just watching baseball tonight. Mm-hmm. Just sitting down and... Probably, I think Cardinals Mets up first, and if it was the Cubs playing anybody else other than the Pirates, <laughs> right? Good God, Tigers uh, Rays doesn't do do it for you at five forty. No, not really, not really. And then maybe Twins and the A's, and we'll actually try and count the people uh, in the Coliseum. Might be able to. You might. There is nights you can. White Sox Royals tonight. You know what? That's not bad, right? Um, that's Haven't not seen bad. much of the of the Royals lately. No, so. nor have I. Nor have I. Uh, maybe. Good, Listen good to a little idea. bit of them. Of course, they were on all the radio stations on the way to Kansas City and the way back. Oh, I bet. Yeah. Pretty good network, do they? Oh, absolutely. Who does the radio? Do you know? I didn't even catch who it was. Yeah, I don't Listen know Listen to an inning or two. Speaking of that, I was heading up uh, home couple, what was it, a month ago or whatever it was, back to North Iowa. There was a station in like Fort Dodge or something that had the White Sox on. Really? I was baffled. Any connection? I not that I can see. Couldn't get the Cubs? Got a really good salesperson with the White Sox. I that guess. sold them that. Uh, we are done for the day. Thank you for being with us, Murph and Andy, in an hour and five minutes. And the Fanatics at three. We're Miller and Condon. We're here Monday through Friday, 10 to noon, on Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO.